Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was our finest. Well, guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. Yeah, I think it's recording. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, so we're on our second episode about doping. Now, hopefully you guys remember from the first episode, doping is when athletes do naughty, naughty things. They inject bad, naughty things into their bodies to get an athletic advantage, specifically a banned athletic advantage, right? So, for example, uh, doing Prozac, that's okay. Right? That's not doping, even though it gives you the competitive advantage of not going crazy in the middle of the Tour de France. Or I'm, is it? Is I'm it not banned? sure that that's entirely true yet. Yeah, well, I'm... no wonder they all go nuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> they need to take Prozac off the banned list. <laughs> A lot of drugs that are normally used to treat different kinds of mental chemical imbalances right. and stuff like that. Do other stuff. Or... For the reasons that they treat those things, like I mean, like Ritalin is a drug that can help treat, for example, like ADHD. Right, but it also Ritalin makes you bike faster. Ritalin is banned as fuck. Well, isn't that so unfair to the ADD cyclists out there who like get distracted on the tour? They're like, bird, like focus on riding for that long. Yeah, the point of these rules are to be unfair to certain people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We'll talk about that later. Sean questions the broader ethics of really sports. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, anyway, guys. So part one, we talked all about doping, kind of set the terms of the debate, right? Talked about a couple preliminary dopes. Yep. Um, talked like a lot about drugs. And, yeah. yeah you like know, that. the stuff that you could imagine you're not supposed to. It, it makes sense that cocaine probably shouldn't take cocaine before endurance stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I guess not. Man, I don't know. We'll all talk right, about this later. Know. Sean thinks all this stuff is arbitrary. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but so now we're in our part two. We need to talk about some kind of cool, like more out there, sciencey things, right? Like hormone treatments, growth factors, eventually speculative fields like gene therapy. Yeah, and then we're gonna close out this episode, or in this episode, we're also gonna have the discussion that Nathan's been alluding to, which is that like, if you will. Does this list make sense? Does this whole concept of doping make sense? Yeah. What are we protecting whom from? Right, like so. It, right. It's, so we'll get into that in this We're episode. Protecting as well. me from the dopers who might ride their bike to my home and kill me because <laughs> they're so hopped up on dope. Man, Lance Armstrong kills you one time, and then that's all you talk about. <laughs> all all right. right, guys. So thank you for joining us. We're Petri Dish. Wait, is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So let's take a little little mini dinker. We don't then, have to call her anything. And then, and then we're, we thank you. Woo! Dope right. part two. Yeah, let's do Up it. Up for debate. Let's do it. So let's talk about hormones. All right, so look, people have shot themselves up with a truly impressive number of things. 
And because of that, this list is very large and covers a lot of different biological sort of mechanisms yeah. and concepts, right? Proteins, peptides, molecules, strings, quarks. People have shot up all sorts of shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely quarks in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, the I idea. I just got a fist full of quarks and I'm going all the way, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm winning the Dota Brown. <laughs> I don't think you should fist quarks into anything. Um, so typically, a lot of these things are supposed to increase growth in stuff like muscles. Okay? Right. A number of these drugs impact growth pathways and can do things like inhibit estrogen production. Or inhibit estrogen signaling. Right. We don't like estrogen. Well, it's just estrogen is typically counterproductive for muscle growth. Right. It's wonderful for a lot of other things. Right. Like uh, milk and milkies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> now, estrogen's good for some stuff. Okay, this is not sexist pod. All right. Wow. <laughs> it, it wasn't even going to be close to sexist until you said it. <laughs> now I'm like worried about it. Okay, let's rephrase all that, Stacey. You got a little bit of extra cutting to do this episode. No, come on. Keep all that right. in. All right. So, so estrogen's bad for athletes. We want to inhibit our estrogen. It's not good for muscle growth. Okay. There's a lot of different kinds of athletes. Maybe there's a kind of athlete for whom estrogen is very good. But What, like curling or something? Or, uh, or darts? Women are better at lifting chairs. Really? Because of their center of gravity is different. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, that true? I don't know if there's a competition related to that. Right <laughs> uh, all right. So there are also interesting things that you can take that can make your body think that it's low on oxygen. Stuff called hypoxia-inducible factor activating agent. Why would it be good to trick your body that way? So that your body sort of acclimates... And does things to try to make up for being low on oxygen. Right, right. So hypoxia-inducible factor is a signaling protein that normally tells cells to do stuff in response to low oxygen. So right. it's like, okay, one of the things that you're supposed to do is make a protein hormone called EPO. EPO signals that you need more red blood cells. So having this hypoxia go on means that you can make more red blood cells. Oh my god. Devious. We need to execute these dopers. Some of these activating agents are things like noble gases, like argon and xenon. To think that people would use these noble gases for such ignoble means. We need to execute dopers. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is basically you breathe some air that has extra argon and xenon in it. Yeah. And they kind of take up space. They make it so that you're breathing, but you aren't getting quite as much oxygen. Uh, xenon also has these other mechanisms of action besides making you have less oxygen. Right. Which is sort of strange because xenon is not a reactive gas. Right. That's but what somehow, makes it so noble. It gets in there. Yes, exactly. Because the other gases are the peasant gases. Yes. They react to things and breathe. It's the pleb, the pleb <laughs> gases. Yeah. Uh, so xenon somehow gets in there and binds up to certain receptors in your body. And this effect is very real, but I don't totally understand how it's yeah. possible. Don't you feel like they should call them the virgin gases instead of the noble gases? Because they don't, like, bond anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, would, that would make a lot more sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> the virgin gases, like argon. <laughs> argon, the virgin gas. Um, um, well, that's crazy. So that's why whenever in the Tour de France, sometimes they'll be like, what do you think? Like, Lance Armstrong will have, like, a like a brown paper bag, and he'll be breathing into it on his bike, and they'll be like, what do you think he's breathing? <laughs> I don't know, probably just oxygen. He could be huffing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to go through all the different compounds. There's too many. Yeah. It's way too many, because this whole category we're talking about right now, hormones, growth modulators, growth factors, hypoxia-inducible factor activating agents, that's just a bunch of shit that you can do. You yeah. can take them, 
And the main goal is to try to build muscle, maybe increase your red blood cell amounts. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about the blood. Yeah, so... Because right. so, blood, that's like the main thing, right? Like, mm, like blood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got good blood. Like, you can ride like that it's bike. Like it's thicker than water. Like yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. It, it feels like... All doping is just for bicycles, right? <laughs> like, like, do skateboarders dope? Like, does anyone else dope besides bicycle riders? I could like, imagine. Like, why is the dumbest sport the most criminal? Well, so I, th- I guess gymnastics, There's actually right? an interesting thing about this. So, um, I-, I was reading this paper that was basically arguing that sports doping is stupid and we should just allow all of that doping. Right. And one of the things that they were saying is that um, a lot of people who are, like, elite musicians. Right. Like, concert pianists and stuff like that. Yeah. Will take anti-anxiety meds before going on stage. Right. Because it'll help them it'll help calm remain them. calm and yeah. then kind of in control kinda of what they're playing. their fingers. And, like, that is them taking a drug... To performance enhance. To enhance their performance, right? Like, really explicitly. Yeah, I don't go to natty... Like pianists, right? Exactly. I want the doped up pianists. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, we're jumping ahead because this you is should make debate, a shirt, but like doped up pianist. <laughs> <laughs> Just aging Brady with bloodshot eyes. But we'll we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. But yes, I agree. Cycling for some reason is at the intersection of almost every kind of doping, which is amusing. Yeah. Um, but one of the big ones is yes, trying to get your blood doped up so that it can carry more oxygen, right? Right. And so uh, that hypoxia stuff that we were talking about earlier can play into that. But basically the idea is you need oxygen in your muscles for them to be able to perform oxidative phosphorylation. That's the mitochondria shit. Right. That makes a lot of that good ATP. Need that. So you can keep your muscles going, right? All right. And it's particularly important in endurance competitions. Right. Like sprinters, I would argue, it doesn't help as much because you deplete all of the oxygen in the area way faster than it's going to be able to be replenished, really. So it's not about the short-term competitions where you're using the twitch muscles really fast, exhausting the ATP, and then you're done because it's a short sprint, right? Right. So it's like cycling, right? It's like endurance running, marathons and stuff like that. So it's important to have oxygen in your muscles. What delivers the oxygen? Red blood cells, right? So one way to get more oxygen carried at one time is to be able to have more red blood cells in your body the best to do this vampire right yeah just drink your own blood well don't drink it don't uh, drink oh, it. inject it yeah you gotta inject it doesn't help to drink it i guess no you just you d- digest, you digest it, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not got either. funny pee yep oxygenated urine and poop you don't have funny poop, poop. Uh. <laughs> all right so you gotta inject your own blood but uh, you gotta like make it better blood yeah, because, I mean, obviously, if you take blood out and then just inject it into yourself, that's not actually that helpful. Right. Because a lot of your blood's volume is not red blood cells. It's like the rest of the liquid shit. So the you, serum. you got to take your blood and, like, whoop, 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 break it, get it down into just blood cells. Yeah. Basically, you filter your blood a little bit so that you keep behind some of the red blood cells, yeah. separate it from some of your serum, and then you re-inject the concentrated red blood cells yeah. into your body. So do you use, like, um... Like a gold pan? Or do you use like a little <laughs> sieve? Like, There are filtering machines that are specifically built for this nice. purpose. In part because What's serum... What's the best is... one on Amazon Prime? I've been thinking about this. <laughs> like, you uh, know, we're a consumer pod in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Like, what's the best product for filtering your blood? 
It's one of those. It, I mean, you can just go with the Amazon Basics garlic crusher. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, so you just gotta take some. <laughs> <laughs> the important part is the red blood cells are what's left behind. Okay, not the juices that come out. So yeah. you, gotta, you gotta, you know, kind of unload it there. All right. Um, so basically, you're concentrating it down. You're getting extra red blood cells. You're putting that back into your blood. This doesn't last forever. Okay, red blood cells get recycled and broken down over time. And in general, your body has kind of a natural balance for how many red blood cells it tries to have in the blood. Okay. So this doesn't last forever, but it can give you an advantage while it's in your bloodstream. Okay. I see that you can synthesize stuff too. Yeah. But it's not as good. No, it's not really as good, to be honest. So if you could substitute your own red blood cells for synthesized compounds... But the synthesized compounds are not as good. Yeah. Why not just do the your blood the whole thing we were just talking about? Like, why why would anyone use synthesized proteins then? Yeah, I don't think that the synthesized protein avenue is really all that good yet. I think. Oh, I see. Um, In the future, maybe. Yeah. So to do the whole process where you take out your blood, get the red blood cells, and put it back into your body, you kind of need a medical team involved. Ah. And but if there was just like a bottle of synthetic molecules that you could just like literally shoot up, I'll and be. Then, you get caught a lot less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I would argue synthetic molecules are probably probably they're going to figure out some way to detect them relatively easily. Right. In the case of your red blood cells, really the most that they can say is they can look at your blood and be like, "Oh, this is higher than average red blood cell right. counts." Right. But there's a lot of. I mean, we'll actually talk about this in a second. There's natural ways to get that happening. Right. Right. And so I, I do want to mention real quick before we get to that. That there is another option to get more red blood cells, and that's to use erythropoietin, uh, which is a hormone that makes your body make more red blood cells. Mm. And it's a naturally occurring hormone, and people can inject themselves with that. It's also called EPO, and so EPO doping was very popular for a while. Because, again... EPO is a natural hormone, so you will find it in people's blood naturally. Right. And after you inject it, and it does its job, its levels will kind of go back to normal, but your red blood cell count will right. kind of spike a little bit later. But right? hey, if you want to be a natty doper, yeah. then uh, you just live in Colorado, right? Yeah, so another option is to live at high altitude and then train at somewhat lower altitude. Right. Live high, train low is mm. what it's called. And so basically you'll like you'll sleep at the high altitude and wake up and have breakfast or whatever, and then you'll go to a slightly lower act- uh, altitude to exercise. And the reason for that is... If you try to do everything at the high altitude, you get tired way too quickly. Right. And so you're not really getting the most benefit out of your exercise. But if you try to recover at high altitude, your body is still kind of going through the whole process, but it's hypoxic. So it creates more red blood cells. So do people like, it sounds like a lot of shit to live in high altitudes, right? Like your body's got to really struggle to make it happen. Yeah. So do people in high altitudes die sooner? Like, does it take a toll on their body? Or are they just, like, ubermenches and we should just all live in mountains? Uh, so, I've read some things that suggest, although I'm, I'm not certain how complete we know this, but, like, a, what I've heard is that because of the hypoxic element of it, mm-hmm. like, people can actually live longer if they live at higher altitudes. Wow, so we're just... We're like making a poor health choice living down here. <laughs> well, but it's annoying being up there. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be up there. I like the ocean. But we could snowboard. 
There's also some shit about like uh, like Tibetans or something like that. They've right. Been a long time. That kind of seems like they skew the sample though, right? They got a genetic thing going on. Right. They got, like their own extra thing. Anyway, we should probably talk about that in a separate episode or right. idea because I, mean, I, I need to read a lot more about that to really know. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway. So how else do you dope? No, I'm kidding. Nope. There's no more ways to dope. Those well, are so, all the ways to blood dope. Yeah. So basically. <laughs> Why is it good? Hold on. No. Oh. Calm down. We know it's good. The thing about the high altitude yeah. training stuff is that that offers kind of similar impacts to your red blood cell amounts as blood doping. Okay? So, it's kind of hard to tell the difference in terms of what WADA is looking at. Right. Because you could just be like, I trained at high altitude yeah. when actually you injected red blood cells. Right. You know what I mean, so They it, have to it, like check what your main domicile is. And be like, I don't know, man, you live in Venice Beach. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you're really training in high altitudes, you bro. Can fucking, you can drive over to a mountain or some shit. California's got mountains. That's true. Here's the dangers of blood doping. Ah. Okay. Blood doping increases the risk of blood clot uh, and all the things that blood clots can cause if they turn into embolisms. Yeah. Stuff like heart attacks and strokes. Okay. And one of the reasons for this increased risk is you're basically making your blood thicker than normal with right. just like it's all your fucking red blood more cells. More gelatinous, around. which means your heart has to pump. All this jello blood. Right. The heart has to pump harder. More viscous blood is more likely to kind of have higher pressure as it's going through different turns in your uh, vasculature. Right. That can cause some damage. That can cause a thrombosis to form. Right. So, you know, that's all possible. So basically, you know, there are health concerns. The same with any kind of doping thing. Yeah. Do you think blood tastes good? Uh, well, we've had blood. Well, like blood sausage? Yeah. Well, yeah, but um, human blood sausage. Do you think I don't, that I don't think good? It, I don't think it tastes all that different. Really? I think it's going to be the same. Oh, so you're endorsing it. See, <laughs> I, I, I don't love blood sausage. Ah, uh, okay, you know okay. I, mean? I think blood sausage is fine. It's not whether it's made of human or pig. It's just you don't like blood sausage in it's general. One of, it's one of my least favorite sausages. Yeah, it is literally my least favorite. I guess I never had, like, a shit sausage. Like, one could plausibly just, like, fashion poop <laughs> into a sausage well, or form. you're right. You're right. And you I, guess, I guess that would be about equal for me with blood sausage. <laughs> Very good. I really don't like blood sausage. Very good. Uh, let's take a break. <laughs> and when we come back, let's have our little debate. Wait, so just to be sure, what we concluded is that blood doping is good, right? Because, like, you said the blood clot thing, but, like, do we know if anyone's really ever died of blood doping? Is that, like, even a thing we could prove or disprove? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so it's probably just good. <laughs> I think it has a downside, but maybe not as uh, as noticeable a downside as, like, cocaine. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. You know what I mean? Um, or meth, right? Right. And given the fact that you can get similar effects by just doing the live high, train low thing, I think it's probably not that dangerous. Right. And it's certainly hard to detect. Right. Which I think is one of the reasons why it was so popular. Okay. Well, cool. Well, let's take a break, and yeah. then we will debate the merits of doping. Yeah, let's let's talk about how much does doping actually benefit people. Right. Right? And then let's talk about, is it good or bad? What do we think about it? Okay. Okay. We have our first actual sponsor. Woo! We got some copy here. Let's get into it. Oh, man, it's so exciting. <laughs> okay, okay. Petri dish is the perfect pod for falling asleep because Sean is a, a boring scientist whose nerdy crap hits harder than six pounds of intravenous horse tranquilizer? I, 
I don't have. Okay, it's your line now. But then Nathan cuts in like a fucking chimp, screeching all his stupid shit, interrupting your nap. They, but I was worried about that. All right, it's rude. Yes. So, so download Kruger. Uh, it's an app that takes a pod like Petri dish and cuts out all the loud abrasive sounds. <sighs> so you can transform your pods into beautiful, tranquil background noise and rest well. That doesn't seem so. The, cut out that nighttime noise with Kruger. Download today from the App Store or whatever Google uses and let Sean euthanize you into a good night's sleep. See, I don't like that at all. We need the money! Yeah. <sighs> d- d- Download Kruger. All right, guys, so we're back. So I think first thing to say, Sean, about the merits or demerits of doping is that it does work, right? Like even using a small amount of dopable substances increases your muscle growth and performance, right? Yes. So let's talk about some specifics. Studies that involve the use of anabolic steroids have shown that muscular strength can be improved by 5 to 20% when you use those steroids. Even when you use less than what is typically done by athletes or bodybuilders or something. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like a relatively low dose of anabolic steroids can improve muscular strength. Yeah. 5 to 20%. That's awesome. Uh, steroid use. Well, you got something? I was going to say your fibers get better. Yeah, you right? get bigger muscle fibers. Those muscle fibers are stronger and greater in number in both people who frequently power lift and then also people who don't normally do a lot of resistance training and only did some during the course of the study. Right. right? Meanwhile, blood infusions help cyclists by 4.7%, which is, in a sport measured by seconds, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So that's even with just half a bag of blood. Yeah. You got a 4.7% boost in yeah. cycling if you get like a Kirkland Signature bag of blood, like a three-pounder, <laughs> whee, you're just flying through France. Well, from what we understand about how professional athletes actually dope with blood, usually it's more like two to three bags of blood. Uh, Damn, and, that is like a Kirkland Signature <laughs> yeah, that's bag. what I'm saying. And uh, it seems That's like, like the sort of thing you look at Costco and you're like, when am I ever going to use this much blood? <laughs> right? Yeah. It seems like for that one, the benefit... Tops off at about 10% improved performance for cycling. Right, right, which again is, that's basically getting a place in the Tour de France or not, right? I mean, like right. 10% is huge. That can make a noticeable difference. Yeah. And again, I don't think it makes a difference between like me and Lance Armstrong. Like me being 10% better doesn't do fucking anything compared to Lance Armstrong. Right. But within the profession, yeah. some of these margins are very small. Yeah, okay? Lance Armstrong is around 15 to 20% better than I am at oh, cycling. I see, I see. And so that... That, that is tough. That means that me doping would not catch up to him yeah. necessarily. Him doping is not that amount. Right. Yeah. Right, right, Agreed right, right. with you. And then the final bit on that is how common is doping? Yeah. Athletes are not super into admitting that they dope. Right. You know what I mean? So at best, we have these kind of shitty measures like anonymous surveys. And when you use anonymous surveys, you get really big error bars. So the range of what percentage of athletes right. dope Goes from 1% to 40%. Okay. Which is essentially a useless statistic, right. but... We, we, it's a known unknown how many athletes dope. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but it's probably a lot of athletes. Right. Well, does it depend on which sport, right? Sure, like Usain yeah. Bolt doesn't need a dope because he's just sprinting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, bodybuilding. Yeah. In non-natty competitions, yeah, 100% of people dope. Right. right. That's the whole point. Yeah, I mean, it's just... 
there's no way you're going to look anything close to the nearby people if you aren't taking right. anabolic steroids. It's just like everyone right. knows that they're taking it. In Russia, it also is close to 100%. Yeah. Right. I think so. It's basically everyone. Right. Yeah. Like don't you get in trouble if you don't do it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what are you going <laughs> to tell? You know? Um, but what about like, um, I know like baseball had like a pretty big controversy about about doping right? yeah yeah um what about like soccer or football or or anything like that like basketball do any of those other sports have famous issues with doping um i can't currently think of well i, I thought there was a famous one for soccer and i think steroid use for football is sometimes common yeah you know, steroid use for youth players in soccer, like Messi actually had growth hormones. And it wasn't like an illegal thing. It was just like, he was like fucking two foot nothing. And they're like, this bitch is not going to have a career unless he's like at least five foot two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still only like five foot six or seven or something. He's yeah. like not a tall guy. They gave him a few inches. Yeah, they yeah. They gave him a few inches. That's nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure about the prevalent from sport to sport, but I do assume that there are athletes in pretty much every sport right. that dope. Some. Okay. Well, right. Sean, I mean, at least we can agree that doping is wrong and we should punish as punitively as possible. Like, what's the point of having a mass incarceration system if you can't <laughs> imprison more people? And you know what? We need sexier, healthier people in our incarceration system. Yeah. We need to be locking up these athletes. Yeah. Uh, so... When it comes to defining doping and deciding what drugs belong on the list and stuff like that, something that's brought up a lot is the concept of spirit of sport and the idea right. of fair competition. Every, it's supposed to be a perfectly natural playing field, right? Where, guess, like, talent yeah. proliferates rather than unfair advantages. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a hard sell to me. Well, what, like, what's for, hard about it? Well, so... What's rock hard about it? So... Athletes a, who have it, more money are able to have more backing to have trainers, dietitians, training yeah. facilities. Some people might genetically have an advantage. Right. You know, Michael Phelps, his arms are big. Yeah. I mean, we should we should stop that with Gattaca, right? <laughs> well, it's just, I, I think it's like there are built-in advantages already that make it so it's not a fair competition. Right. It's not like everyone is enlisted in FIFA World Cup. And then everyone plays. <laughs> it's like decades of people's lives go into doing this. And who gets to even do that offhand is like hugely selected. Right. I mean, I mean, like it's not a lot of people are professional soccer players. Yeah. But like also, you know, in the Olympics, for example, yeah. it's pretty clear that the countries that do well in winter sports competitions have like mountains skiing is, uh, have mountains and uh, former have, empires for whatever yeah, reason white and enough money so you can fucking buy skis or whatever do you think like just do you think that's just like a native um kinship that white people feel with snow because <laughs> they blend in maybe that's the advantage is they have this kind of camouflage natural camouflage yeah, do you think they just like see snow and are just no it's just the, the, other races the are? winter Olo olympics were purposefully they were set up to be racist because right. they knew that it gave an advantage to rich white countries. Yeah. It was on purpose right, when right. it was set up in like whatever, 1920. It was not part of the Greek rotation. <laughs> no, right? They didn't no, like do not. marathons, wrestle, javelin throw, and ski. Right. You know? So so already sports are unfair. Right. And so I don't get how doping like it, it makes them it's, more it's all or less part, fair. It's all part of not being fair so then the, it would the, be kind of a boner though if like you didn't want to dope 
because I don't know, maybe you're just uncomfortable with that. But like Broski X dopes, so now you got to dope just to be in that profession. I mean, yeah. because if it's like if it's like bodybuilding by virtue of the the mass culture of doping necessarily to be a bodybuilder in those. I mean, frankly, because Natty's bullshit, right? Like, to be in those, like... No, Natty competitions are pretty cool. Yeah, but to make that good good, right? To make that big bodybuilder money. I don't really know what the financial model is. <laughs> I, I don't either. I don't either. But to become Conan the Barbarian, right? Uh, like, you have to do steroids. I mean, that would be that would kind of suck if, like, to be a soccer player, we all knew you had to dope. That's, that doesn't seem fair. Or not even affairs the right word. It just it just seems a little bleak, right? That like basically we're. It's like how to be a K-pop person. It's a little bit of a bummer that you have to get plastic surgery, you know. Yeah, I guess it's not actually true. That's not a fair thing to say. I'm sure plenty <laughs> of them don't have plastic surgery. I mean, it's just that's already partially the case. Like we should just lower our standards, right? Like we should just accept people running a little less fast, you know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's just, it's already the case. People are already doping. Right. In cycling, for example, it's already known that competitors are doping. And so either you're in or you're out. Are you still, is there still a doping problem in cycling? There's a doping problem in everything. Because as certain kinds of doping get caught and they figure out ways to assay for it, other kinds of doping become popular that they don't have tests for yet. That's interesting. So it will continue on in time. I mean, our next segment in this episode, the one we're going to finish with... Is the final frontier. Or it's the next one, anyway. I don't yeah. know what the final frontier is. Space. Like... Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> um, I guess I think that... Having people do doping secretively isn't very good either. Right. You'd rather we just, like, all doped. In fact, if we had doping competitions, where, like, the scientists were the competitors. I, I guess I And they were I like, filter the blood fast! I know? just don't understand how you can say that there's an ethical line that you right. draw. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not even sure that... Like, I don't think I like doping conceptually, but, like, I don't think that there is a... You don't really like sports conceptually. <laughs> Well, I don't totally understand the point. Right. Except that, like, it can be fun for spectators to watch groups of people, like, compete with each other. Right. But, like, I know when I watch certain games that, like, not all teams are going to be competitive with each other. Right. Sometimes you see a pairing of teams where, like, okay, well, that team is going to beat the shit out of that team. Right. Uh, I like it when that literally happens. <laughs> they just get in big fights. Yeah, I like it when in soccer, some player just hits the other player. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some Roman shit right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, uh, Well, I mean, I, I think people just like to have, like, a like a pretense of naturalism, right? Like, I think, like, part of the, uh, part of hoop dreams, right, is that you could, you could become that person just by pure athleticism or that, like, sports is somehow attainable, for some people or that this is like just what humans can do right like i think that's part of the fetishizing of sports right is like a kind of greek or renaissance ideal well so ultimately there is still a limit to what humans can do right like like right. E even with doping can't can't live in space bone is bone muscle is muscle bone is bone i'm yeah dude i want to read that book flesh is flesh, flesh, is flesh. so like i would argue that there is a clear-cut line between like having a soccer competition where people can dope 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus having a soccer competition where everyone's wearing exoskeletons. Right. You know what I mean? That's just a different yeah, competition. That sounds fun. Blow up the ball by accident too I, much. It, yeah, well, you need a new ball. But, like, right. yeah, I think that's a fun idea. It's like a BattleBot soccer match. I think that's cool. But it's a different sport, right? Right. But within Battle human ball. capability, diet can change how well people can perform. Right. You know what I mean? And competitors today, playing the same sport yeah. as competitors 50 years ago... Everyone today would destroy the people 50 years right. ago. But we're the same species. What's the difference, right? Even without well, doping. Chernobyl. We've, no. <laughs> we're a different species. Because I think my We've gotten a lot better at understanding what kinds of training help, what kind of exercises help, right. what kind of diets help. Right. And so I just don't understand how those things are all allowed and ethical and yeah. fine. Don't you feel like some Greek guys could beat up some modern people? Because, like, they got good muscles. So, like, they must have known something, right? Because they're, like, natty sexy. Well, but the dude who ran marathon... Like, right, died. He died, and now people... A shitload of people run marathons, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's, like, that's true, that's true. I'm just wondering, though, like, if we was so much bullshit back then compared to now, why were they still so sexy and ripped? Hold on, who are you comparing to? Because, like, <laughs> if, you, if you compare, like, a Sir, sexy... A sexy... Ancient you know, Greek man to you and me! Yeah, that's <laughs> not the same as comparing him to, like, David Beckham or something All right. like that. Yeah. Or Ronaldo. 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 He's a 37-year-old machine. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, famously, Antonio Conte, the soccer coach, he bans ketchup. His players aren't even allowed to eat ketchup. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why they run so good. Good. <laughs> good. That makes all sense. All right, all right, all right. So, Sean, you know, we agree to disagree. I what, what side are you on? <laughs> have you have you been? To I that? love the beautiful game, <laughs> but but okay, okay, okay. So so let's take a break, and after that, we're gonna talk about the not so final frontier. We're going to do gene and cell therapy. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. The following is an actual advertisement. Book Retorts is a podcast about what happens when you try to explain your weird media finds to your friends. We've got dragons. Davio's dragon, which name is Deborah. Deborah the dragon. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> it's so good. And questionable science. They want to like drive the moon out of the solar system and like fly it off like a big spaceship. And it bonkers. <laughs> Destroy the Earth. Nancy Drew investigates. There's a new boy in town. But is he human or vampire? And ask the tough questions. And how is it that you explain the coffin in your parlor? Which is a legitimate question. <laughs> I got it. And it doesn't make sense in the books either. <laughs> There's also romance. They ruin their nice date. I, well, that was the whole point of karate chopping the person earlier and coming into the <laughs> right. restaurant, Sam. So join us every Wednesday as we take on the weirdest books, movies, graphic novels, and whatever else we find over at bookretorts.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, Gene, and, you know, I think The Economist literally today has an article. Well, today's a different day than when they're listening to this by like a month and a half. Sure. But uh, they're stepping to the past! <laughs> but, um... But, you know, they kind of had an article at some point in the past for you guys. Yeah. That was basically about, like, gene therapy for babies and stuff. Uh -huh. Gene therapy's all a rage these days. I always thought gene therapy in the same economist-y way of, like, oh, I could edit my baby. Uh -huh. But it turns out, apparently, you can edit your genes as an adult to run faster. Yeah, so let's put it this way. The FDA has not approved gene therapy yet, yeah. but there are gene therapy clinical trials ongoing right now. Okay, so this is not that far-fetched. Mm -hmm. Well, how does gene therapy, because again, like literally I thought you're like tinkering on the embryo and then it like mitose sizes into a person, but you uh -huh. can gene therapy just like an adult person. Yep. How does that, like, 
talk to me, daddy. Okay. So, because it's just like, like, how do you edit some cells or some genes or whatever? How does that become the, how does the whole body start doing that now? Yeah. So most of the time you don't need the whole body to do it. Oh shit. So if, like, you, if you think about it, so for example, some gene therapy is supposed to help fix certain kinds of blood disorders. Okay. Right? And for those blood disorders, the, the place where you need to fix the gene is in the bone marrow. Right. So long as you get the gene therapy into the bone marrow and fix enough of the cells, you don't even need to fix 100%. Right. So long as you fix enough, that might be enough to make it so that these people can live much better lives, right? Did we do an episode on gene therapy? Uh, maybe. We've been doing this for years. Yeah. It's kind of mind-boggling, huh? It feels new every time. Like <laughs> like uh, your first date. I'm a little mad. Like the lady in the tramp. I'm a little mad about it. But no, this is case, a good thing. But no, look, the, I'm the, saying the love is fresh. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Selective amnesia, a good way to keep the relationship fresh. Yeah, 50 first dates. <laughs> so, look. Um, yeah, every time you see an Ann Sandler movie, you only realize halfway through that you've seen way too many Ann Sandler movies. Look, 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 look. What's important here yeah. is that there's a lot of ways to do gene therapy. Yeah. That's for a different episode. Either one we've already done. Okay, wait, wait. So let's say you just like inject the bone marrow. Like what are you injecting to therapize the genes? Like, I don't know, like some sort of enzyme or catalyst that like we just hope enough of it will get into the, the cell to like chip chop some of the gene. The most common way is to use a virus. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the That's virus. That's how COVID happened. No, <laughs> different kind of virus. Uh, but there's a certain kind of virus called or a phage fucker. So, no, certain right. group of viruses called AAV. Fuckophage or adeno-associated viruses. Yes. And for those guys, you can package your DNA in there. They sort of attach onto cells and right. get the DNA in, and then that DNA can integrate somewhere into your genome. Okay. And then hopefully produce just that gene. Okay. The virus doesn't spread further. So it's not like your body makes that virus and you have an active right. full-blown infection. So like I said, there's clinical trials for gene therapy. But there's also already FDA-approved cell treatments. Ah. Where basically you take cells out of the body. You genetically engineer them. And then you put those cells back into the body. Ah. Right? And that is genetic engineering. You are changing the genes of those cells. So That's we, cool. Those are already FDA-approved and used. Yeah. Mainly to make immune cells better at recognizing and fighting cancer yeah. and then injecting those immune cells back into your body. So that's do, all, that all already happens. Do cells ever wear anything else? Like, do they wear khakis ever? Or do they only ever fit into jeans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That took me a really long time to know what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> uh, wow. I'm sad. Okay. And they put jeans on themselves? <laughs> Do cells have little arms? No, they, they always need help. <laughs> They're aristocrats. <laughs> okay. So. Habsburgs, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're a little goofy. <laughs> so basically, as with a lot of these kinds of things, as with a lot of the drugs used in doping, yeah. the application was originally to help people with some kind of disease or disorder or something like that. Right. But it is not far-fetched to imagine that... To just do sports better. <laughs> gene and cell therapy might go the same way as literally fucking everything else on the doping list. Right. Which is toward helping athletes do whatever they're trying to do better. Right. right? And... What I'm curious about is how athletes will perceive the risk versus reward for genetic change versus like steroids and other drugs. Right. There's because something about just injecting yourself with volatile chemicals that just like feels a little better. 
Yeah, like, it, it sounds like, while it's not true, it sounds kind of like, oh, I'll inject myself with these drugs, I'll get the benefit, and then they'll be flushed out of my system, right. and then there's no, like, real downside when right. out of my system. Right? Gene therapy is kind of a fairly new concept in the popular consciousness, like, like culturally speaking. Um, it's still a little intimidating. Yeah, and it sounds pretty permanent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what if it wasn't very good, or yeah, you yeah, change yeah. your mind about it, right? What if you, like, grow a third limb or something? Right, so there, there is, I? there is a risk conceptually when you have a gene being integrated into the genome yeah. that it could cause cancer. Right, that basically it could integrate in a bad spot where it breaks a tumor suppressor gene, or it takes a proto oncogene and turns it oncogenic. So you'd that, that feel is like a, risk. a real jackass, being like, I got fifth in the Tour de France and I have cancer now. Uh, yeah, you'd feel dumb. Yeah, that'd be a bummer. So, what would you actually genetically engineer? You could add extra copies of genes that could be useful for increasing your red blood cell count, like erythropoietin, uh, EPO, right? Okay. Uh, the same kinds of stuff you would inject, the same kind of hormones you can inject, right. you might just put in an extra gene that just makes more copies of it naturally. All right. right? And so you might expect to see significant growth in muscle mass if you had an extra gene for insulin, like growth factor one or okay. something like that. Well, is there anything that you can't just inject that we could do with gene therapy? Yeah, sure. So it's a little... You might still be able to do something about this, but there are certain genes where you'd want to get rid of them in order to see an effect. Oh. So, for example, myostatin is a gene in muscles. They're part of the regulation of muscles that tell them to stop growing at a certain point. Interesting. So you could use something like CRISPR to cut up the myostatin gene in muscles. Is this a sort of shit that biohackers are already, like, making yeah. YouTube videos about? Yep. Gross. Yep. Yep. <laughs> This, yeah, this is definitely an idea that's out there in the in the biohacking. Have, have you world. ever tinkered with biohacking? No. Yeah. Look, I think that there might be some kind of way also in the main concept of how you do this kind of genetic engineering for athletes. I sort of imagine that you would be injecting the virus kind, right. which is making the modifications in your body. Hypothetically, you could take some kind of cell out genetically modify it and put it back in yeah but it's a little bit harder to think about what the best way to do that would be for athletes like i'm not sure which cells you'd modify to make epo or to chop up my sure. or something i mean that's why it's the frontier we're definitely gonna find out yeah i yeah. imagine it'll happen yeah i imagine it'll happen and uh i think the main sorts of risks are risks for cancer right which like, already for gene therapy stuff, they try very hard to avoid. Yeah. But there's always probably a little bit of risk. Can we do shit like strengthen ligaments and, like, strengthen bones? Like, you know, one of the more important players for the team I like, Tottenham, Harry Kane, very weak ankles. Oh. Can we just, like, buff up his ankles a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think well, we can get some of that going. We need to get more gene therapy then, because <laughs> this but motherfucker's ankles need to stay. There was a drug, uh... There was a drug we talked about in episode one, though, that mm. also can help strengthen bone and increase collagen deposition in joints yeah. so that the joints feel less like impact issues. Yeah. That and Kim, I feel like. Probably Kim? the two. Yeah, you know, like seaweed. Oh, Kim! Laver, yeah. Oh, yum. I think those two things. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I we're hope lucky, he's We're lucky it. we ate Jack in the Box so that I'm not hungry right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you talk about Kim. My ligaments feel stronger. I'm going to get hungry. After that cluck sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So look, there's all kinds of doping out there in the world. Right. There's going to be more doping in the future. Like, right. it's, it's not, it's not going to change. Right. 
there's always a back and forth between banning some kind of doping agent and then figuring out a new doping agent or a way to get around that ban. And even our ethical categories are shifting, right? Like yeah. the ethical debate around it is also shifting at the same, not maybe not at the same rate, at a lagging rate than our chemical treatments. But point is, is that this doping is very much a, a in as much as it's socially constructed, this is an evolving subject forever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know, a long time ago, like Greek and Roman times. Yeah. There were no rules against taking any kind of substance right. to try to get an edge up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy cultures, though. It is kind of interesting. I wonder, it would be interesting to read, like, an anthropology paper about um, what exactly happened in the 1800s ethically that we got so horny and so pissed off about, like, chemicals, right? I mean, part of what you wonder, I mean, you had talked about how the proliferation of chemicals is part of the reason, like, there's more rules around it. I wonder if enough people died from taking cocaine, that they just decided, like, okay, we need to just get rid of doping because it's, like, a race to the bottom or something. Yeah, so I, banning of substances, like, and calling them doping did not happen in the 1800s. Yeah. It happened, like, in the 1980s. It's a war on drugs thing. Oh. So you were allowed to just take cocaine and, like, do bicycle races all the way to the 80s? Once cocaine was banned, like, That was a general the domino use. effect. Right, well, well, so... <laughs> Any drug that was made illegal in, like, the U.S. Yeah. Was banned because it's an illegal drug. Right. Not banned because of doping. All right. right. But, for example, methamphetamine use was allowed and was done a lot in the 60s and 70s. Mm. Yeah. Especially and, and Hollywood. Then, well, and in, sports. In cycling, I'm thinking in particular. Yeah, but the yeah. main point is that, like, a lot of these bands are actually much more recent yeah. in sports. Much more recent. So I don't think it's an 1800s thing. Right. I think the ethics of it, it feels like, oh, there's a really sound ethical reason. Right. But these ethic reasons are like maybe 40 years yeah, old. Yeah, like highly modern. Yeah. Fucking, I don't know how, but I'm going to blame Ronald Reagan. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Blame Reagan. The fucking Reagan, dude. Okay, well, anyway, anyway. Well, that's interesting. So we should just have doping. I think that's the conclusion <laughs> of these episodes. Uh, well, guys, thank you, to, thank you to Stacey, your settler engineer. One more thing. Okay, look. A lot of stuff is dangerous. Yeah. Okay, so I am not advocating that anybody take anything that's dangerous for their health. I think we should just ban bungee jumping. Yeah. Yeah, keep going. See, like... I guess in a general sense, I don't like the idea of banning a lot of things. My right. problems would be ban fewer things. Right. But as a general principle, a lot of stuff can be bad for you. And so I don't suggest taking it. I don't think you should take really dangerous things for your body just for recreational reasons. I think there's other ways to have fun. Right. If sports is something where like it's a life or death situation for you for yeah. whatever reason, then I can understand why you'd dope. Right. Yeah. So I think there's nuance there. It is dangerous. I'm not saying it's all sunshine and roses, but uh, I don't think we should be banning them. When you said there's other ways to have fun, I had just such a strong premonition of you playing apples to apples. Why? I don't know. It's just like <laughs> it's just a kind of a kind of a fun after school special thing to say. That's and great. I just imagine you playing apples to That's apples. That's very good. That's very good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Guys. Now, now we're done. Okay. So yes. Thank you, Stacy, our sound lord and engineer. And then Brian and Griffin and everybody artworks. Art, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, you contact us. Petridishpod at gmail.com, at dish podcast on Twitter, patreon.com slash petridish. Woo! Alright, good job everybody. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Just